Okay, hey, we're live. It's Monday, the first a few good minutes of a new week. I, I like doing a few good minutes at the beginning of the week. It's, it's always a good thing. Uh, so thanks. It's Brent Leary, and with me right now is Fortune Alexander from Pega. Now, Fortune, you have an interesting, like a dual role, because you, you deal with marketing and customer service. Uh, can you explain, give us the, the, the full-blown title and kind of talk a little bit about how these things are combined? Because usually you see one or the other, but you're doing it all at once. So thanks for joining me. And tell us a little bit about the role you have at Pega. Yeah, thanks for having me, Brent. Happy to be here. Yeah, I'm the uh, product marketing leader here at Pega for our customer service and sales automation uh, products. So we have a complete solution for customer service and sales automation, um, you know, AI powered decisioning and workflow automation on a low code platform. If I had to sum that up in six <laughs> words, that's how you, that's how I'd do it. Hey, you did a good job, man. I, no complaints here. Uh, so you were just talking about, you know, I'm in Atlanta, we're, we're like bracing for this, uh, this hurricane, uh, we're not in Florida, so we're not going to get the brunt of it, but yeah, kind of on edge. But you're saying you're in Austin and it's still like almost three digits there? Oh, man, we were burning up this weekend, 98 degrees here in Texas, and I'm ready for a little cooler weather. And I'm hopeful we'll get it. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but I'm a Longhorn fan and we had a heartbreak this weekend in Lubbock. Uh and uh, but in two weeks time, we'll be in the Cotton Bowl in Dallas. And that's always a fantastic game. And I'll be there. And I'm hope hopeful that we'll have cooler weather when we get to Dallas. Yeah, well, you know what? I, I, I'm actually, you know, I'm in the middle of uh, in the in the heart of SEC country. And, yeah, I'm in Atlanta. Uh, not to say anything about the number one dogs, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the reigning champ dogs. But, uh, you know, I just I'll just put that inside and welcome you know, uh, you guys into the SEC, what is it, next year or something like that? I hope, I hope it's next year. I think we might be playing a year or two more in the Big 12, depending on TV contract negotiation. <laughs> but we'll be there soon enough. We, we, we played Alabama, almost beat them. Yeah. Uh, well, next year we're going, we're going to their home, home grounds and uh, hopefully have a better result next year there. Yeah, well, good luck with that one. <laughs> <laughs> but in the meantime, that's all next year or two. Uh, next week is customer service week. And, you know, I know that uh, you guys are getting ready to drop this new report. But just talk about, you know, before we you know kind of tease the report, because it's not officially ready yet. Maybe you'll give us, you know, a little bit of a taste of what to expect. But when you think of customer service week, what does that mean to you? I think it means just giving a tip of the hat and recognition to everyone from people who are leading contact centers to people working in the contact center to uh, IT people having to make decisions on what technology to deploy in the contact center to vendors like Pega and others who, who bring products to market to make uh, customer service and contact centers jobs easier uh, and more rewarding. So it's kind of a, a week to just celebrate customer service professionals from anybody who touches, you know, customer service, of course, cuts across all the industries. So uh, it's a fun time for us. We enjoy it. We get up at Pega for this week uh, with a lot of fun content, interactive content. And we've just, uh, we're putting the finishing touches on this report called the future of customer service. And it's talking about the three to five year 
time horizon and we surveyed over 750 customer service leaders all around the globe uh, in primarily 1 billion plus uh, companies. So, you know, large organizations to see what's on their minds, where they think uh, the trends are heading and how they're preparing for customer service in the near future. And so this report's going to be fun. Uh, a lot of a lot of insights in there. And sometimes you get one or two things that, uh, that you didn't expect to see. But um, yeah, so we'll be dropping that next week. Uh, we'll have a webinar on it as well. So while we're talking, I'll just go ahead and throw it out. If you just Google Pega webinars, a future of customer service, you can register. It's next Tuesday uh, and you can come along and, and hear about it. So that's all great for next week, man. But we're doing this show right now. Is there any anything that, you know, any tidbits, anything you can share? I, I know it, it feels like at least uh, Gen Z and millennials are going to be playing a major role in the people who were surveyed in this report. Maybe you can give us a little taste of, you know, kind of the methodology and, and who you surveyed around this. Yeah, well, we we surveyed uh, customer service leaders, um, but we leaned in on questions around generations and where they see it going. And a couple of that I scribbled down here, uh, you know, had to get super secret clearance to share with you. But, you know, surprisingly, 70 percent uh, of the customer service leaders said that they're going to be optimizing the customer service experience around Gen Z and millennials. Uh, and this kind of grates me a little bit because I, 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 I'm Gen X, man. So, <laughs> hey, I'm not, I, I, yeah. I'm important too, you know. But, uh, We're still you know, here. We're still here. <laughs> the, cold, hard, the cold, hard reality is Gen Z and millennials are the guys that uh, make up the majority uh, pretty soon here. And uh, so uh, contact center leaders are definitely looking to make sure that they optimize their experience for those, those uh, target audiences. Well, you think about, you know, you know, those target audience, millennials, Gen X, who are, are making up a bigger and bigger part of it. But those same generations are also making up a bigger, bigger part of the employees that are going to be helping, uh, you know, with these experiences. Maybe you could talk a little bit about not only the expectations as a consumer for Gen, Gen Z and millennials, but also them as uh, employees that are going to be, you know, interacting with it. Yeah. You know, I have a lot of fun with this one too, because, you know, we talk customer experience for years and now it's the employee experience and some people coin total experience. And I love that because it's text short for Texas. So I always get excited when I hear total experience, <laughs> but you're absolutely right, man. Um, you know, uh, you, you've got, Gen Z stroke millennials coming into the workforce. And if they're going to be working in customer service, they've got iPhones in their personal lives. They don't want to have these green screen antiquated systems that they're trying to help uh, do their jobs with. So that's what I'm super excited about is, you know, as we start to apply AI and automation uh, more broadly in contact centers, they're not having to swivel chair and, you know, stick their head and ask, ask a colleague or get on Slack, uh, the system's kind of really guiding them through the whole process. It's like, you're just watching the system and it, you're getting a much better employee experience as well. So how are the expectations for customer service changing when you think about, you know, this new, these two new generations that are not only coming into, you know, being the ones who are buying the most, but also they're all, they're going to be the ones doing all the servicing. Yeah. I think uh, a couple of things come to mind uh, fast and everywhere, you know, people, it, it overwhelmingly 
uh, people want fast resolutions that, that, and if you work in customer service, you're like, yeah, that's pretty obvious, but it's still top of the list in terms of, Hey, I want a fast resolution. Ultimately, I think where we're trying to get to is a future customer service is no service because you're going to be proactive and preemptive. Now we know we're not going to get there anytime soon. And people have said that for a while, but it is a good aspirational goal to say, Hey, we're not going to have a contact center with 2000 agents. We might have 50 people and they're going to be managing the AI and the AI is going to be doing all the interaction. Um, it's kind of like, you know, you get stuck at the grocery store trying to check out in self-service and you've got, got a pack of beer and somebody has to come over and make sure you're 18, but then they don't take over. They just, you know, approve it and walk away and the machine keeps going. And that's kind of how it's going to be. Most of the interaction is going to be AI and you're going to have contact center agents just dealing with either managing the bots or handling the super complex stuff. Do you feel like um, this new generation or these new generations are going to be more receptive to working kind of in conjunction with AI and with bots, not feeling like the bots are going to take over their job, but really looking forward to working with bots to uh, you know kind of hand off the tough stuff and allow them to have more of the more human interactions with you know the folks they're servicing? I think much, absolutely. And, you know, I was poking fun at my own generation, Gen Xers, but I think if I look at my daughter, who's 10, you know, she, she's digital native and this, this is second nature. I think this whole word about our jobs being taken away is kind of uh, going to be less of a concern for these younger generations that come into the workforce because they've grown up with, you know, AI and technology at their fingertips since they were babies. Um, so I do feel like, you know, jobs will change and they always have and they always will. There will be jobs. They will evolve and they will look different. What are some of the surprising things you might have found in this uh, report? I know you can't tell us a whole lot, but were there anything that would make you like do a double take or like, wow, really? That's yeah. One, one little signal we picked up on is um, more and more contact centers are thinking about uh, revenue generation, cross-selling, upselling. And if you think about that, that's been prevalent in some industries for a very long time. You call your mobile uh, phone provider and they're always trying to you know, sell you a new phone or get you on a different plan or what have you. So that's not new, but what was new and, and a little bit eye-opening for me is to see that across other industries. So we, we saw uh, some of that data coming on where people are saying, yep, we wanna measure customer lifetime value and we wanna make sure that we're, we're engaging with our clients when they reach out uh, for service on how, how they can use other services. So. That was one nugget that came through. It seems like you got to walk a fine line with that. One, you, know? you do because you don't want to be tone deaf and you need to know if somebody's madder than hell, you're not going to want to offer them uh, you know, another yeah. thing if you haven't totally fixed the reason that they called in to, to, to get fixed. Yeah. What about the, the aspect of uh, kind of the future of work, work from home, call centers, people being able to work from their home as opposed to going into some central location is, was there any, any uh, insight around that kind of uh, the, the way that people will be working? Yeah. In this report, we didn't dig deep on ways of working, um, you know, but in other, other reports that I've seen recently, you know, some contact center uh, are coming back in and then some are hybrid where, you know, they have people who come in and people who work remote. And I think that's going to be the reality. Um, you know, it's not going to be everyone back in and it's not going to be everyone at home. We're going to have that hybrid model when it comes to this 
department, just like other departments and companies. What kind of structural changes do companies need to make in order to fully embrace some of the findings of, you know, how millennials and Gen uh, Zers not only will consume, but also how they want to work? Yeah, I, I, we touched on it a minute ago, and I'll just circle back to it. There's a lot. It, and this is weird because as a vendor, uh, and every vendor does this, you assume the market is where your latest release is at. And um, the market is still 10 years, you know, 10 years ago. If you look at the average contact center and what they're running and what they're doing, a lot of them are still using, you know, stuff that's not, not modern. And um, so I feel like we really need to see the industry invest in, you know, more technology to be able to use AI powered decisioning and guidance that, you know, allows that servicing process to be more seamless and faster. That's what people want. They want to get in and out. And ultimately, they don't want to have to call you at all. They want you to know that there's an issue and fix it before they even know. Well, that will. So do you see this new generation, these Gen Zers, these millennials forcing companies then to make those technology investments so that they do have AI and bots at the disposal to help, you know, predict potentially when things might, uh, when somebody might need help instead of waiting until people are, you know, in dire need. And then they're very, you know, their emotions are high and chances are it's very hard to have a really pleasant, you know, service experience when that scenario is carrying out. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, I think customers will, and the report did say this, I don't, it's not spilling too much you know, detail here, but, you know, over half, and we had a report last year that said you know, even more than uh, that number are willing to walk away from a poor service experience. So you just can't afford to, to have poor service experiences um, because people won't tolerate it more and more. There'll be less, you know, willingness to give you a pass. So uh, basically then kind of generally speaking, uh, these younger generations are less tolerant of bad experiences. I think that's a very fair statement and they want it fast and you better get it right and you better get it right on whatever channel they're using to reach out to you and they don't want to be pushed into a phone queue or called back. They want it solved. Channels. Uh, I, I don't know how much you can tell us, <laughs> but... Uh, it does feel like, you know, the channels that Gen X and, you know, previous generations use, you know, like Facebook or something like that, they're like anathema to a lot of these younger folks. Mm -hmm. how, how, how important is it to make sure that you're not just speaking their language, but you're actually using the right channel and you're at the right time compared to years previous? hundred percent. We've seen a ton of channel growth and a, a, a ton of channel shift. The, it, one of the things, though, that we haven't seen yet across the board is, yeah, you can do you can do stand up a bot on a third party channel like Facebook Messenger. But the sophistication of most bots is wanting and people are frustrated because they're like, hey, I started this self-service experience. Then you couldn't help me and I had to call in and then the person I got didn't know anything about what I was trying to do. Uh, and that's where people get super frustrated. If you're going to stand up self-service channels in, in new places like Facebook messenger, make it work. It better have some 
understanding of what I'm trying to do and be able to uh, resolve it. Uh, as I think back, um, it, the one channel that it feels like these uh, younger generations detest is actually calling somebody. <laughs> yeah, they, they have a phone and the last thing they do is actually dial somebody and talk to them. It's mostly texting and these multi-channel exchanges. Are, are, are you seeing that become even more important for you know the future of customer service to be less phone and more you know other other channels even yeah. other you know bots and other technologies that digital first snowball is rolling downhill and it's just getting bigger and bigger um, and we absolutely see that people don't want to pick up the phone don't want to call unless it's you know my mom or your mom maybe <laughs> you know, but, um, so yeah so what what's the time frame I mean we're talking about next week and and you, and you mentioned a three to five how how much time do companies have to get this right with these generations because from my personal experience it, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of time to get this stuff right I think you're right. I think, um, you know, we've seen this. If, if you work in the industry, you've seen this coming. You've seen report after report coming out saying this. But there is a tipping point where, you know, if you're a laggard and others in, in your space are doing this, you will definitely get left behind. And it feels like getting left behind today is, you know, you might as well just, you know, stick a fork in you because, once you're left behind, I don't, it doesn't feel like you get many second chances with the with these folks. I think that's right. I think di digital is everything, and that's that's what we see, and that's what the report bears out. So, any suggestions going forward? You know, kind of based on this report that we still don't have access to, uh, but any any tidbits, anything that you could point out to help folks once they do get access to this report to take it and run with it and do something with it. What are, what are some of the, the steps you think may be helpful for folks? Yeah, I think it's really important to look at uh, how you set up your processes. And this is a little bit, you know, leaning into the technology lens, but um, ultimately you want to establish a workflow for an intent, what a customer is trying to achieve and have that same workflow be deployable across all those channels. So whether it's a bot interacting with them over Facebook Messenger, or if it is my mom calling in, the process isn't different. And if they start it in one channel and move to another, the context isn't lost and it's dynamic. So everyone says this, all, all the vendors more or less say the same things, end-to-end, -end, frictionless, seamless customer service. And it sounds great, but mileage varies greatly. And you gotta, you gotta pick the right solution. And so I'm thinking about 10 years ago, um, you know, in positioning solutions, people always talked about the challenger sale, bringing more insights uh, to clients to help them make decisions. And I think we're, we're at a place now where it's information overload. And so there's too much information and people just need to start to understand how do you make sense of this? Who really can do this? Because everybody says the same thing. If you cover up logos and go to websites and change fonts, it's hard to, to, to distill like who can deliver this and who can. Yeah. We hear a lot about no code and low code platforms. Where does that fit into this equation? There's automation, there's process, there's no code, low code. How, how are these technologies going to be leveraged in order to create the kind of experience or help 
you know, the, the workers of the near future create the kind of experiences and collaborative exchanges with these uh, modern customers. Yeah, Brent, I really believe uh, it's not about building a tech stack with, you know, okay, I'm going to bolt on my AI, I'm going to bolt on my automation and growing this massively complex tech stack that you can't really make changes to. Uh, and so it's really important to pick a platform that has AI automation workflow all built into the DNA of the platform. So you can use that to build your processes once and deploy across channels. And that's that's kind of where we get to the heart of what Pega is and what we do. Um, we do those things all in one platform across you know, sales automation, customer service, and any enterprise-grade application you want to build on top of Pega. Because at the heart of it, it's a platform for enterprise applications. What kind of skill sets uh, are modern uh, customer service agents going to need in order to meet the expectations of this new set of consumers? Yeah, you know what? Uh, it's soft skill sets. And I'm, I'm not talking about the report for a moment because as, as, as you know, if you're an IT app uh, delivery and deployment or if you're a customer service leader, you need to kind of understand that technology landscape. But if you're an agent, frontline agent, you want to be able to have tools that are doing the process, to, you know, walking through the process up so you can have an engaging, empathetic conversation with the person that you're talking to and not trying to figure out, hold on, I'm trying to figure out where to put the data in the system, what system I need to go to. So if you can free up that agent to have the conversation and be more human and more empathetic as the machine is doing the processing and walking through the steps, that's what you want. What's going to help management and the actual frontline contact center agent really be aligned in understanding each other's role in getting and creating the right customer experience. Cause sometimes it definitely feels like, you know, management wants certain things while, you know, the frontline workers like, dude, I'm, I'm just trying to survive here. <laughs> you know, what can, what can help to bring that relationship together? Because if that, if you can, chances are the experiences you create for customers and consumers is going to be much better and more aligned with what they want. Yeah. Take the frustration out of the agent's job. That's what we're talking about. You know, automate the rote and routine. And uh, one of the things, and I'll just throw it out there because you asked the question is why do agents have to key in anything at all? You can, <laughs> and when Pekka's got this, we've got voice AI. It listens to the conversation. It literally can, it's transcribing and it says my address. I need to update it. It's one, two, three main street. Why does the agent even have to key that in? The system just dynamically populates data hands-free. Um, and we do that today. Uh, and it's funny because, you know, we've been doing this for a year. And I look around like, nobody else is talking about this. Uh, how come other people aren't talking about the hands-free agent experience when they're having the conversation? Fields are just wow. being populated. And you're just clicking the green checkboxes. Yes, that's what they said. Yep, 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 done. Um, and an auto wrap up. If you think Brent in a contact center, when you have an engagement at the end, you got to wrap up, write your call notes, you know, say what, what actions, if you can automate all, all that and have the system to say, this is what they talked about. This is what you did. Does it all look good? Yep. Click the green checkbox and done. You're saving time. You're t taking all that keying away from the agent, just summarizing the call and next actions. And it's all, it's all hands-free. To me, that is such a, a key point you're making. I mean, I, I, I've been on this kick for years about wouldn't it be great if if I was, you know, you know, you're just interacting with an application, a business application. 
And instead of having to type or click or swipe or any of that kind of stuff, which is not natural to me as a human, naturally would be me saying, hey, app, do this. Right. That's more natural. So what you're, uh, you know, the fact that, you know, what you just pointed out would seem to me would be a huge selling point and, and a, a key way to not only, you know, make an agent happy, but I'm guessing it's going to make uh, the, you know, the consumer happy because if the agent doesn't have to spend time, you know, putting in, you know, name, phone number, and then, you know, two minutes later, you get passed over to somebody else and you got to do the same thing again. I mean, you know, it just it to me, it makes everybody much happier because it's less, you know, computer ease and more natural language. I, I, I'm hoping that that's, uh, you know, when you think about the future of customer service, it is definitely more natural language from a, you know, a, a agent to application perspective, you know, agent to, you know, consumer perspective. More natural language, it, it would, to me, would seem to be a much better path to go than kind of the traditional way that we've been engaging with systems over these years. A hundred percent. And then that was, you know, this whole customer journey orchestration and data orchestration where you don't have to go find data in any system. It's just there uh, as you're going through the workflow. Um, th those are big wins. But ultimately, the other thing that we're talking a lot about, and I know it's CS Appreciation Week next week, is we want to automate a lot of this work out of the contact center entirely. And mm. that's what people should be striving for is like this stuff doesn't even need to come into the contact center, make self-service work, use AI automation to actually get, give those bots the understanding and the intent and the capability to process and, and resolve the issue and don't even have it touch the contact center. But I think that's, you know, if you're able to do that, the impact on the contact, on the contact center is actually more human interaction with the people that are that need us at, at these kind of dire moments. So if the contact center agents don't have to, you know, worry about the mundane stuff, typing and clicking and all that kind of stuff, and they, they have something else that handles all of that, that really should free up, you know, the agent to be more human and to kind of use their own human instincts more instead of you know, the computer instincts that we had to grow to, to interact with each other. Yeah, and what's what's real fun about that from an agent perspective is it makes them look like a superhero because one of the things that, uh, I, I can tell you this because we just ran a webinar, we're gonna release 8.8 mid-October, which is our latest release. Um, and we've got this thing called real-time redecisioning where if you've taken care of the issue and in the conversation, there's something being said in real time, the agent can present the most relevant offer if they're if it's right and the customer's not red in the eyes and upset um and that offer seems to be you know perfectly placed by the agent when in fact ai listened to the conversation ran nlp decided did a bunch of decision science and came back and said hey this person's starting a new business they might need a business credit card why don't you offer them the business credit card if it's a financial services company in that example um and that real-time redecisioning that's happening as the conversation's unfolding makes that agent look super smart, but it's all AI kind of right there guiding them. And I think it's it's really key because as you as we you know said throughout this conversation, uh, these newer generations, Gen Z and millennials, they you know speed and you know being as real time as possible 
is really critical in order for them to kind of you know, be able to enjoy you know, or at least find a really good satisfaction in these interactions. And so if you're able to leverage these modern tools, you know, you know, the data aggregation, the, the AI, to be able to pull the next best, best action and, and be able to use it without them, you know, focusing on these other stuff, you're just you're able to say, oh, this is all right, let's go with this. And then, you know, make the best interaction you possibly can based on all the stuff that's going on behind the scenes that you don't have to worry about anymore. It feels like that is, I don't know, Nirvana or if something that's much more happier than uh, on both ends, on, not only on the consumer side of the house, but on the contact center agent side of the house, because you just made their job a lot easier. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, and then the exciting part is the stuff isn't like, you know, future. This, we're, the things we're talking about are, are capabilities you can do today. But like I said, there's this lag between what's the latest thing on the market and what people actually have deployed in their contact centers and in their companies. And it's it's always so crazy because you got to get out of your product roadmap mindset as a vendor and be like, you know, you're talking to these guys who are still 10 years in the past. <laughs> Jeez. Hey, Fortune, this has been a great conversation. Once again, tell people where they can learn more about this report and where they can get it and all that other stuff. Absolutely. Report drop next drops next week as part of customer service appreciation week. Uh, we're also going to have a webinar and we'll talk more about the report and future trends in customer service. If you just go to Google, type PEGA webinars, future customer service, you'll hit the reg page and you can register for the webinar next Tuesday. Awesome. Hey, man. Well, I hope it cools down some down there, you know. Well, the good thing is at least you don't have to worry about any hurricanes. That's true. Uh, but my family in Mississippi is new. We're watching uh, watching the news, making sure we see where that thing is going. I hear you. Well, hey, Fortune, it's always good talk with you. And uh, I'm looking forward to the webinar and checking out the report next week as well. Thanks Thank again. You. Thank you. All right, folks. And uh, we'll be back uh, a little later this week with CRM players. I don't even know who we're having on this show at this point, but I'm sure it'll be somebody good. Stay tuned. Thanks again.